Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, hi, and welcome to the Nile or Nine podcast. And myself, Nile, here with Andrea Cleary, as ever. How are you doing, Andrea? I'm good, Nile. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's the day before Patrick's Day here in Ireland. We're all we're about to have the shortest week in our entire lives. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in working like week, anyway. It's weird. It's weird buzz. But um, yeah, a lot has been happening. We weren't we, we weren't around last week, so we were checking in on something that we've been talking about this week. Uh, this week's episode was all about um, gender equality and gender balance on music festivals because something we've been talking about and something that because now a lot of festivals have once again announced their lineups for 2022 and it feels like festivals are actually properly coming back um now is the time to there was quite a lot of um talk about this in 2018 in particular at the time and in 2019 as well but you know after two years of a pandemic you're kind of like okay what have we learned um and we're going to be talking a bit about that so in the meantime yeah it is patreon.com forward slash 909 if you want to Help us out and support us and, and throw a few quid our way. That's always appreciated. Um, Patreon.com forward slash 909. Um, and this, we've been having discussions with the Discord as well. The Discord is where we have a lot of these kind of chats. Um, so to get access to that, you have to sign up to the Patreon. And uh, I have promised a no wave post-punk dance playlist for all the members there next week. Probably after Paddy's weekend, you know. Um, but that's coming as well. There's loads of other stuff in there, the weekly playlists and um, discounts, Salumo and all that kind of stuff. So, And if you are out this Paddy's weekend, um, tomorrow, uh, Patrick's Day, um, Lumo's DJing in the Circular from 7 p.m. after the trial session on there in the other hand of bar with Ishbini and Heron, and then Lumo DJ is there. And then on Saturday, back in Tengu, 
with our regular kind of nighttime um, club. So that's a little more there. So that's my plugs out of the way. So um, I guess, Andrea, we'll start with the, the, the big festival that was announced last week. The one that, you know, is part of the major discourse in Ireland in terms of the last the one of the only times recently and the last time i was on tv i was essentially being asked about electric picnic and the lineup and whether it was going to go ahead and uh that was on uh, virgin media at the time so you know um it's an interesting one so uh, last week the headliners and full basically lineup was announced for electric picnic and well where do we start really do you want to do you want to take this one from the start <laughs> Your, what was your first um, impressions of the lineup? Um, so Niall and I had a had a phone call yesterday in which I basically just kind of ranted at him for about 20 minutes. <laughs> first of all, thank you. Thank you for al- allowing me to let off a lot of steam <laughs> yesterday, my Niall. Pleasure. But as, as something I was saying to you yesterday was that my brain is now kind of rewired itself when I see a lineup for a festival to barely even register the acts especially the headliners before saying like man 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 woman woman man man you know what i mean like i'm i'm so i'm so attuned to the fact that women are grossly un- underrepresented uh across festival lineups um more generally but particularly in headliners so i was surprised to see first of all that electric picnic have doubled the amount of headliners that they have from three to six which is a really great thing it's you know six six headliners for the price of three um but was pretty dismayed and confused to see that um of their six headliners only one of them was a woman uh the six headliners are derma kennedy tame impala arctic monkeys megan the stallion Picture this and Snow Patrol. Um, not not a great lineup, I don't think. Generally, um, no, you know, certainly, I think, yeah, yeah. I think I out of the six of them, I would definitely go to see Arctic Monkeys and Megan Thee Stallion, but the other four, you know, fine. Um, just felt like we were talking about this a lot back in. 2018 and 2019, as you said, and we were talking quite positively about it at the time. We were talking about um, the Key Change Initiative, which which we will talk about in this episode as well, and all of these different initiatives to move towards achieving gender parity in festivals. And then obviously the pandemic happened. And of course, it is not as easy now for festivals to organize themselves as it once was. You know, these these things would have been booked and organized within a pandemic so i understand that things are a bit more difficult but it's incredibly disappointing to see that we have now come out of a lot of conversations around um gender parity and around uh, female representation in music to a lineup like this when there are plenty of uh, women artists further down on the lineup that could very very easily take any of those spots to give a small bit of credit here there is some there is a, basically a 50-50 split across the entire um, festival, is not correct, mm-hmm. on the timetable. And looking back on previous years, um, Electric Picnic has gone from... It has improved in that regard, for sure. It has improved yeah, they should absolutely be commended for that. And that, so it is, I think it's 46% um, non-male uh, artist participation 
on Electropicted this year. So out of mm-hmm. 50 acts, there's 27 with non-male members. And that actually came from um, our Discord as well. So I appreciate uh, who... Was that was Seamus in the Discord who uh, broke down the uh, EP lineup in terms of gender for us as well. So I appreciate that. That was mm-hmm. 46%, basically 47% uh, overall um non-male participation so it has done better overall but i think your your point and why the headliners matter is worth repeating yeah i think having you know we we saw this a lot around international women's day and we see it a lot in kind of business the idea that because you have equal representation or you have good representation within for example a workforce um, if you have a good 50-50 split or 45-55 split that you are, you know, achieving equality. But the problem I have with with festival lineups and saying, isn't it great that the rest of them are 50-50 is that it's a pay parity issue because the headliners are obviously going to be paid more than the um, than artists who aren't headlining the festival. So if you were to break down what the what the festival is achieving in terms of pay equality and this is work for artists at the end of the day you know it's not um it's not a a present it's not an honor to be given a slot at a festival they are working um and they deserve to be paid for their work and if you're to look at it from a pay parity point of view then you get a similar situation to having you know all male c-suites and a high um proportion of women in the workforce. So I think that analogy is, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a perfect analogy between those two things, but to say that you can't find even two, you know, even two women, um, to headline this festival is, is a little bit bizarre to me. Now I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Um, especially given the kind of the reliance on, I, I I mean so I I will say I think it's great that we have two Irish acts on the um that are headlining that festival Snow Patrol and Dermot Kennedy. Um, I do know. think also that <laughs> encapsulates the issue with you know Irish radio and that's mm. you know the representation of those kind of acts like whatever you think about Dermot Kennedy in the picture this um, they are the acts that get played on Irish radio the most and yeah. and as a result therefore they get heard the most and therefore they get these opportunities to play these slots yeah. and it's quite difficult in terms of discussing this online because this is an this is a, a conversation that's been brought into arguments about uh, identity politics left wing liberalism people who are trying to uh, who have issues with gender politics and obviously there's loads of those people on the internet so looking back on some of the you know comments on on things on twitter for example like you often see the same criticisms being thrown at anyone who says anything about this like mm. if female artists aren't topping the charts then they aren't headlining festivals it's not sexist blah 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 festival yeah. pay uh, acts uh, that the people want to see so yeah. you know it's, you get a lot of that it, kind of stuff they're, they're running a business you can't compare art with art you know these they at the end of the day the festivals have to make back their money and it is a kind of a snake eating its own arse situation <laughs> the kind of uh <laughs> to, to to use a phrase that my friend nadia used last week that made me laugh a lot um in in that Irish radio and this came up a lot around the time of the gender disparity report and the subsequent uh, reports that Why Not Her have have released in terms of representation on radio because 
if we are not supporting women in music, then they won't be played in the radio. If they don't get played in the radio, they don't get booked in festival slots. If they don't get booked in festival slots, they won't get booked in to headline festivals or to play kind of really big spots in in festivals. And it's incredible. It's it, it's incredibly complicated, but it all comes down. It, it all comes back down to the same issue, which is that women aren't trusted or considered to be as good at music as men um, or as 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 good at making money commercially um, for whether it's radio stations or or f- festivals or bookers or, or, or whoever it is. And I I understand the um, the impulse to say like, oh, well, of course they should book Picture This because Picture This are going to bring in money. Absolutely, Picture This are going to bring in money and people, Picture This are, are, are going to bring in a crowd. But Picture This are going to do that because of the support that they've had from the Irish music industry and from, in particular, Irish radio. So if we were to give the helping hand to women that Picture This have seen and that Jeremy Kennedy have seen, then, you know, our festival lineups will have a very different, um, it, it will be a very different situation in terms of kind of gender parity. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is, this nothing happens in a vacuum. All of these things, all these decisions are made on top of each other. You know, you start from an emerging artist um, coming out to uh, play gigs and then being put on maybe an all-female lineup, as it's sometimes called, or mm. a um, not getting played on the radio, or playing getting played on a special show and not getting the opportunity to be played on the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an interesting time as well because there is plenty of uh, Irish pop artists who are able to take that leap. So I'll be interested to see how uh, the industry overall over the next couple of years responds and supports those acts mm. because it's one thing like it's one thing seeing the likes of say lyra is a good example irish pop artist very radio friendly does get a lot of um festival and headline kind of slots mm. but she's not the only one and she got there because you know she is a very suitable artist it's, it's in terms of support it's in terms of support so i think with a festival like Electric Picnic, you have an opportunity because it's such an such demand for it to address that. Now, obviously, in the past, um, Festival Republic's Melvin Ben has has not really reacted very well to those kind mm. of criticisms. And but you know, regardless of that, the festival has kind of addressed its overall gender balance. But I think it's more like you're you're specifically talking about the headliners. You're like, if a woman can't be seen on top of a of a bill. Then it just makes you feel like the. Uh, I'm sure as a woman, you it makes you, can make you feel like well they can. There's a ceiling. There's a ceiling for all these yeah. acts. They can only go so far. Then, and then and then there's the alternative stuff like say a band like Pillow Queens who are doing so well internationally but don't get any radio play here because our Irish radio is so conservative and that has a knock on effect in terms of the number of people that hear them because not everyone is out there listening to their release radar every friday on spotify or wherever and mm-hmm. uh, looking for new music and trying to hear stuff there are people who are passively discovering music and that still is the biggest um, audience for musicians and artists who are uh, to get to that next level so they need mm-hmm. that support um and i know you can't maybe you can't completely compare a kind of a indie rock band like pillow queens to a picture of this but there is 
the opportunities are developed and given to those people because of um, their popularity. And that popularity doesn't happen unless mm. there is some support on the ground. And I think it's easy if you look at, I think St. Patrick's Festival is a good example this week because their lineup overall is very, um, very, has a very, well, it's, it's, it's very diverse and it's also seems to be, has a good gender parity overall. It seems to be quietly amplifying um, those voices as well and without having to do much. And that's, again, I know that's a government-funded festival, but still, there is still opportunities in places like Electric Picnic. And I've seen a number of, of lineups in the last couple of weeks that have been very disappointing um, mm. for me personally. I know that you know, festival organizers and bookers will say, well, we tried to book female acts. We tried to do this. We tried to book headliners like this, this and this. And I know that can actually be, you know, that can actually be something that happens. But at the same time, I'll give you an example, like look at Kaleidoscope Festival uh, this this week, last week announced its lineup. That is a family friendly event. And I think my problem with festivals like this, where they're announcing lineups for a wide audience You've got headliners like James Morrison and Feeder playing. They're two of the three headliners. And the other one is uh, Deck Pierce, uh, Block Rock and Beats, who's a Today FM uh, radio presenter. So who is that appealing to? This is a family festival. <laughs> to me, that kind of says, well, Lyra's on there as well, um, below the top three. But the top three there, Feeder and James Morrison. My problem with this is that who's booking Feeder and James Morrison? No, who's listening to Feeder and James Morrison in 2022? Mm-hmm. Certainly not um, a lot of people, I don't think. I don't think they're the kind of bands that sell tickets these days. Um, maybe this doesn't matter to Kaleidoscope, but it's about a family festival bringing young children to a band, to a, a festival experience. And you're already telling them that women can't be on the main, on the main stage in mm. a big uh, capacity, in a large headline capacity. That's what it looks like. And I think that's yeah. really bad because a festival like this isn't always about the music, but feeder and james morrison don't really speak to anything at all in terms of other than lads who used to listen to music 20 years ago and i think it's just it's really a real missed opportunity i think for a lot of that kind of stuff is like i think it 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 definitely is and to, to to go back to something you said a minute ago about you know festivals and bookers saying that it's you know we we reached out to this person or we tried to book this person and it didn't work and i've i've spoken to a couple of kind of organizers and people who work in festival PR over the past couple of days. Um, I won't mention what festivals or or um or who they are or anything, but it what what I wonder is, you know, why why can't we ask the question, why is it so hard to reach out and book women then? And I know it's not the responsibility of festival PRs to end sexism in the music industry or to kind of work in those kind of grassroots formats. But if it is so difficult to book a woman on a festival lineup, to book one woman on a festival lineup, then we need to be asking ourselves why that is and what is in place within festival booking in Ireland that is stopping us from doing this. Is there exclusivity contracts? You know, can, can, female artists can any artists play as many festivals in in the year as they want or are are they being hurt by exclusivity contracts that are stopping them from being able to play other festivals and having a woman on the bill there 
And if it's that hard to book a woman, then we need to ask why. Why is it that hard to book a woman? Why is it so hard to find a single woman who is going to headline your festival, who will be good, who will, you know, uh, maintain the whatever the style of the festival is that you're going for, if it's a family friendly festival, if it's an electronic festival, if it's an indie festival, why is it so hard to find women to play them? And, and we know that it is because this is what people are saying. So the next question is, what are we doing about it? Well, I'd like to point to a uh, report that uh, was released earlier this year um, around, it was called Facts and uh, female by female pressure. Now that is a concern with mainly electronic music. And mm-hmm. uh, well, you know, it actually has shown that um, the proportion of female accesses from its report itself um, has risen from 9% to 20 2012 to 27% to 2021. Um, I know it's not half, but, you know, there is an upward uh, trend. And generally speaking, it says, as of 2021, 1.3 acts of all percent surveyed are non-binary, 9.1 are mixed in comparison to 59% male acts. Uh, Larger festivals tend to have lower proportion of female and non-binary acts. Publicly funded festivals and festivals with female artistic directors have high proportions of female acts. The Female Pressure Facts Survey is a continuous project undertaken by volunteer members. So you can see that on the Female Pressure Network, uh, femalepressure.wordpress.com. But generally speaking, it's saying there has been an upward uh, improvement in that. And that's because there's a greater um, discussion around this. And there has Mm -hmm. been for a number of years. in dance music and electronic music about representation. And I think you're seeing that in on a wider scale and in smaller venues as well. If you look at lineups that are happening around uh, festivals or uh, in, sorry, in venues in, in, in our cities, you will see a lot more of those kinds of, um, it's becoming a booking policy of being much more aware of it. I'm certainly seeing it now in terms of um, dance and electronic music. So, that is something that is uh, seems to be very present at the moment. So something mm. that hasn't happened in the rest of a lot of booking in terms of a uh, regular kind of uh, non-genre specific acts. Um, and I can point to Tengu, the uh, venue that um, we do Lumo Club in, has a charter as well that it's working on about, you know, being inclusive and, uh, you know, it has being a safe space, but also, you know, at, about being diverse and representing and showing those things um, on lineups. For example, like Lumo Club is three guys that started a a club night. And, you know, we've always wrestled with that a little bit. We didn't know it was going to be something that we do for a long, long time. It's now become something mm-hmm. that we've done. But we've had conversations with the venues with the venue since about, you know, we've always tried to be inclusive when we bring in guests, which we don't obviously have a lot of guests because we don't have to. But um, when we do, it's important that we do represent that and also do it more off, often. And I think that venue, I think we're talking about this because there's so many of these festivals at the moment who are just announcing stuff. And like, if I don't want to get into like picking uh, out festivals, lineups too specifically. The Kaleidoscope want to use an example because, you know, it just says, you know, here, here are headliners that are just male who actually don't appeal to people, I don't think. Mm. And maybe I could be wrong, but uh, that's yeah. how I feel. And um, Electric Picnic are kind of big enough to take this criticism. They've been getting it for long enough. Yeah. You know? 
And, and I'm the same. I don't, I don't want to call out any like small festivals or any indie festivals or anything like it, it. I think what we need to be doing is working with them and making like just even yeah. trying to get somebody in the room, whether it's a man or a woman, whoever, who will explain the situation when it comes to this and explain the the unfairness when it comes to these festival lineups and how many people are actually rolling their eyes at them and how it is hurting their ticket sales like i i can't remember where i read the statistic but like all, almost half of festival goers are women so it's not as if you know you're you're putting on a woman and your headline to try and get the girls in we already go to festivals but in order for us to see acts that look like us we have to go to smaller stages and then go and see the arctic monkeys or whoever it is who we do listen to but you know we also want to see a woman on the stage we want to see an irish woman headlining yeah and there's a wider country. issue there about you know you, you know people's um experiences are different and, and gender's experiences are different and i want to hear I want to hear the experience of someone who's not like me, a white Irish male. Mm. I want to hear the experiences of people who don't speak and look like me as well. And I want to hear what they have to say. And I want to hear their voices and I want to hear them differently and, and than me. If you, everything is just perspective of a cis white male, then you kind of have that issue where there's that's an echo chamber of itself, mm-hmm. <coughs> which breeds then further um, popularity of those kind of acts. But... I just think it's very easy to do that. And I get to the point now where I'm like, I'm so sick of looking at these lineups and seeing just not much happening in terms of, specifically in terms of the headliners as well. Yeah. Um, so I was trying to think, I mean, okay, what can we do? I mean, the likes of Key Change is a good example. So let's specifically mention that because it's a European program um, that is a campaign. It's actually an international campaign but it's funded by the EU and uh, it invests in emerging talent while encouraging music festivals, orchestras and broadcasters and halls and agents and record labels and all music organizations to sign up to a 50-50 gender balanced pledge by 2022. And that was originally, that was started in 2019. Obviously the pandemic has gotten the way and a lot of this, I would imagine a lot of this stuff has stalled in the last couple of years. I could be wrong. Mm But certainly by 2022, it feels like this is going to be something that um, is going to be ongoing. And like, for example, some of the uh, things that have uh, festivals that have joined, joined up to this pledge include um, BBC Proms um, in Ireland. We have the Choice, the Music, Choice Prize, Music Prize, and Foggy Music Notions, um, yeah, Ireland Music Week, the Roisin Dove. There, I think Body and Soul also was part of it originally, um, so I presume they still are. And then um, that's a, and that's an interesting one. That's a festival which hasn't announced a lineup, so we can't even talk about mm. what the split will be there. But imagine it was all men. Well. <laughs> yeah, no, generally quite considered in that <laughs> no, regard, as there is women uh, in charge of that usually. Um, Iceland Airways as well. Um, other festivals. I, I think Primavera is on it as well, although. Um, you know, I think if you look overall at all the festivals that are happening, um, I just think there's so much more opportunity. This this hasn't gone away, and it never should because it's it's this is something that we have to address actively. It's an active participation, and I think what happens with people is when when you have this conversation, you get this defensiveness first, and I totally understand it. So, mm. if you're being criticised and you're being told you're not you're not considering people in your job. 
I know because I've we've I've had this before. I've talked to people before. I I feel I felt it myself, where somebody says something to you and you feel criticized and then you get defensive, and then down the line maybe you kind of go, well, well, actually, I think I was wrong there, you know. And like yeah. for me personally, anything I try to do as under the Nile Nine name is something that I always try and have uh, gender advocacy in it or and a balance. And amplify those voices as well. And just if it comes down to doing a gig guide where the pictures are, you know, more evenly split, I just have those. Those are things that you have in the back of your head. They're not hard mm. to bake in or hardwire after a while. No, it's, it's about it's representation exactly because you want the same amount of work. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is exactly the same amount of work. And it's just having that consideration for like what that could look like for other people who aren't mm. you. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. Because I think when you tell, you know, bookers, they, they'll always come up with excuses and and they'll say, at worst, they'll be like, well, you know, we book the, what people want to see. Yeah, but you're if you're a, a man and you're booking what you want to see, then, you know, you're always going to book stuff that doesn't directly appeal to you. So you need mm-hmm. to vary up your booking agency as well and your and your bookers and and the, the pool of people that are involved in that as well. Um, I think everything is just a a refraction of what of our experiences and if if all the experiences of people who are in charge are are, are men you're going to see that um and it has been like that for a long long time mm. so yeah the key change in if it is uh, one of those things that uh, is very um broad and but does actually have seem to have very good um visibility and yeah. also supports artists directly i know the dublin duo silk were one of the bands recently who got supported in that way um so that would essentially mean they get a bit of a leg up and i think that's the kind of thing that really needs to happen they're i think pillow queens maybe before them as well and um so there's there's it's, also it's about, fair play in the um traditional music sector in ireland to do brilliant work for um kind of gender representation and stuff as well and it would be great to see something like that within the kind of wider um more popular side of things um working with radio and bookers and PRs and festivals to try and actually improve this and not um and not hear the the criticisms every year and not learn from it you know like I'm not I was saying this to you yesterday you know like it doesn't give me any joy I don't get like a big gotcha moment by like you know counting how many women are on festival lineups I do this because and I tweet about it and I'm vocal about it because it's really tiring to just not see women represented anywhere but in a space like like the arts where it's already so difficult whether you're a man or a woman to make any money from it or to get decent visibility from it to see just time and time again the same festivals doing the same thing and not learning from it is it it, it gets to a stage where it's not that they're not choosing to do something active they're already actively doing something you know Mm. and you know, it's not a bunch of men sitting around a room cackling and saying, ha isn't it great that we don't have any women on the lineup? But it's about listening to the voice in the room that's saying, hey, shouldn't we, shouldn't we relook at this? 
Like, doesn't this look a bit bad? Isn't this going to be bad for mm. our festival if we if people are going to be talking about us online or writing pieces about us? There's there's a piece in 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 district um this week about the electric picnic lineup, and I I I wish it had gotten more coverage for the for its headliners, but like. It's just about having make, making sure that there's somebody in the room having like an equality officer, like a, a lot of businesses have somebody from within their business who even vo volunteer themselves, which I have an issue with, you know, no matter what work you're doing, you should be paid. But people from within their business who care about this kind of stuff, nominate them as your equality officer, make sure that they're in your meetings. If you don't have an equality officer, reach out, ask people, come to me, come to, come to uh, ask women in the industry. We're, we're here. We're willing to talk to you about this. We're willing to explain this to you. Um, and if there's things that we can't help with, there are endless there are binders full of women who you can find sorry would, can we just say who will be able to help we, i mean i mean actually maybe this is ruining a reason to be cheerful but uh you know the number one irish artist album in the country is cmat right now you know um, yep. easily able to uh step up to that plate in the future absolutely so absolutely i mean it's all there if you just have to look for it <laughs> you don't even have to look for it because it's all over your timeline right now you know mm. what i mean it's like yeah it's not that hard it's not that hard these things aren't that hard it's all about consideration and i really just don't understand that whole thing it was like people do people not even think about that like how this is going to look because mm. surely that's the whole point of when you're putting a festival together you kind of go Oh yeah, I wonder what people will think of this. Well, the people that think uh, uh, of this the most, if you have an all male heavy headliner, is like the women are gonna are gonna look at that and go, and non-binary people are gonna look at that and go, well, that's nothing there for me. I'm not yeah. represented. Do you not care for people? Do you not understand that that makes people look like they're not welcome? Do you not mm -hmm. understand that? And that's why I think. I just don't understand. That's why it's so frustrating to always have these conversations where you're just like, well, why can't people just actually yeah. get past that defensiveness that they have in yeah. their heads? It's why because can't I think it's not, it's not any heads? one person's fault, right? So it's so easy to just yeah. point and say like, oh, well, they don't get played on radio, so they're not going to come in here. But it's like, it's a, we all have to do better, you know? Music, like, music journalism in, in Ireland, I think, is it's obviously in a really sad state of affairs in terms of how much visibility music journalists have, but I am constantly, you know, like surprised and warmed by how much coverage women artists get in, you know, blogs and in whatever space that we have for, uh, you know, album reviews. Like mo most of the people I, I interview um, for any of the papers I write for tend to be women like there's there's tons of coverage kind of from that side of the sector which is brilliant and even you know bloggers like the point of everything like he he platforms like the amount of women the amount of irish women who i've discovered just from that blog so we can see what happens when you have uh, an area of the industry and Niall, obviously yourself as well it's sorry i felt like that went without saying but like you know it's not it's not that difficult to do because as, as you said brilliant 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 women are out there if you if you want to look for them if you want to find them you f follow the bloggers that you like follow the journalists that you like and you will find them so it's really heartening to see you know one area of the music industry kind of get 
getting behind women. I'll also say that RTE uh, radio have like since the first gender disparity report, they were 50 50 uh, in terms of Irish artists, male, female Irish artists. And they've continued um, that trend. I think actually in one of the reports, it was like 60 40 or 55 45. So I think RTE do great stuff for um, for platforming women. And there's loads and loads of Irish DJs who who do it as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to Louise McSharry's um, new podcast because she was a, a brilliant brilliant voice um for uh, for getting women on the on the radio whether it was in music or or mm. in comedy or whatever it was like she was excellent i'm really looking forward to her podcast returning but if it doesn't get, um the fact that she was replaced by two johnny's just underscore what we're talking about here um it, and then it who absolutely were literally taken off the air because of what they were saying uh to, it, it about women about women like it's not it's <sighs> It's just it's it gets really frustrating, actually, because it's like I don't when when women are sitting around, like when I'm sitting around with my friends who are women and there's no men present, none of us are talking about the fact that we're all women. None of us are talking about like, oh, I love this female artist or, oh, I love this female comedian. And isn't it great? It's like we're just people like and we just want to see people like us being represented and it's it's really really frustrating because you can get into kind of tokenistic stuff as well and it's ugh, i don't know I, I i don't know what the answer is but i know that the answer isn't just repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again i would love to see irish festivals all irish festivals across the board get involved with the key change program commit to doing better next year than you did this year i'm not i don't i don't care if you achieve 50 50 parity next year you know it's hard to book acts i understand that but commit to doing a little bit better next year and the year after doing a little bit better than that because that's how real change happens real change happens it with small incremental steps that yeah. are in answer to people who are putting pressure on you. And I don't know, people might look at how much how much complaining <laughs> women and non-binary people and artists of color have to do to get represented on um on festivals or in radio or whatever it is. But this is how stuff has always been done. No one no one is going to do people favors if if women aren't represented in in an industry that is dominated by men, we know historically that men aren't going to turn around one day and say, "Oh, maybe we should get more women involved." It's 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 because w- women and people of color and non-binary people and trans people put pressure on, and then allies also put pressure on, and that's how you get, you know, a little bit closer to a a lineup or a playlist or whatever it might be that actually like reflects and represents the people that you're you know running your business yeah. for it's yeah. it's a it's a business decision as much as anything else like if you want to appeal to more people then a very easy way to do that is to book more women yeah and i think yeah that's correct and i think there's probably people out there who are listening to this going well oh when we're talking about the picnic you're like well that doesn't i mean they're still 50 50 almost and you're like yeah i get it but like you know like you said the point is about the also the pay parity there and and the representation at the highest level because no one last week when you write about electric picnic is is picking out the mid-tier lower tier artists 
and writing them into the headline. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about. That's about representation at the highest level across all media outlets and radio and all that kind of stuff. Megan e. Stanley was the only artist in in those conversations that was heard in the, in a female context. You know, yeah. from the festival. Um, like, can you can you imagine if the choice prize came uh, if 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 the nominees came out one year and and there was six albums uh, nominated and one of them was an album by a woman? Do you know what I mean? Like that's like the in in certain aspects of our industry gender parity is just a given like i don't i for for years i haven't looked at the choice prize nominees and counted how many were women because i just trust that they get a a, a good selection they get a diverse group of people in to nominate the best album of the year and i've never once thought that a woman was added tokenistically you know what i mean it's so easy to do um but can, but can you imagine if 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 it came out like one one year and and there was only one woman on on the nomination list, you know, and the, like this is what like the the, the choice prize, you know, a, a long time ago, yeah, it was it was mostly men, but that there is a, a an organization that has a lot of you know it has a, a a wide reach, a big following with music lovers in Ireland who committed to the chi- to the key change program. And has absolutely reaped the benefits of it. So I just don't understand why it is, you know, so inconceivable that yeah. other aspects of our industry can't commit to the same thing. Like, if, if do do we need to draw up a charter? Do we need to get people to volunteer to be involved with, like, yeah. you know, your well? I think that's like a key change is a, is a good example because rather than berate people for what they're not doing it's kind of trying mm. to encourage people to get involved in this way i think for me personally i guess i you know as somebody who you know runs a website where who writes about festival line or something i just i think last week i'm glad we did this conversation because i got to the point where i was just like oh just so over this but i'm also like i didn't have the energy to have the big like well this is fucking ridiculous or the you know the the photoshop poster where all the men are taken out all those kind of things it's just like it's yeah, so at this, depressing. At, but at this stage, it wore like, me down. It got to the point yeah. where I was like, I was worn down by this conversation myself. We've gotten to the stage where now the memes are old. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's, yeah. Yeah. And I do think, you know, I think the way I can personally address this with, say, nine or nine or you know maybe down the line i guess it is a tough one for me personally because you know i'm trying to figure out how how can i manage to make a living but also like do the right thing for for people but i think if it looks like a festival is has not thought about kind of gender representation at all i think it's easy for me then to turn around and be like well i shouldn't feature that i shouldn't mm-hmm. do anything with this because they've clearly not thought about this yeah. um and i think you take that on a case-by-case basis uh, in terms of features and stuff like that because you know as well as, well as this i looked at some of the festival head head fun of festival lines have been announced the last few weeks and some of them are just drip feeding stuff and you're still mm-hmm. not sure what the final whatever it is and and that obviously makes it awkward as well but i think i'm just you know i've always had that in my head but i think even just to be like look i'm actually not going to feature that because it clearly doesn't even isn't even on the same page as me so yeah. I think that might be a way of, of for me personally to think about these things going forward i, I think that's a brilliant idea and i would love to see other publications um take something like that on board but then um, it's kind of like what well, do you have to say that do you have to maybe i think it's quite a case of like 
if a PR person comes back to me and is like, will you do something on this festival? It's like, I can't because that festival doesn't have mm-hmm. any notion of advocating for uh, yeah. gender balance. So um, I just, you know, clearly the, the music's shy <laughs> as well. <Yeah. laughs> that probably is what's happening as well. You're like, but well, music's shy and they're there's, not even There's trying. an amazing thing. You can kind of, you know, have an excuse for anything if you just say, it's a policy. This is my policy. I don't, yeah. I don't feature festival lineups or whatever it might be that don't have, you know, better representation of women than they had last year or who don't achieve gender parity when they could have, you know. And I would love to see policies like that start to be introduced across the board in in music because there's only so much talking we can do about this and there's only so many conversations that women are willing to have about this um when it's the same conversation over and over and over again and things are getting a little bit better but it's not through you know the channels that might take credit for the likes of Seamat or Pillow Queens or Denise Chyla or whoever it might be it's it's at odds with these things you know the entire music industry in Ireland needs a wake-up call when it comes to women and we've 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 had ample opportunity for them we've had tons and tons of conversations and they die out after a week or an international women's day everybody's saying how amazing it is to work with all the wonderful women in their organizations or in their bands or all, all of the brilliant women that they know but when it comes down to the actual brass tacks of it, how many women are you employing? How, what are they being paid? You know, like h- how many women are headlining your festivals? How many women, if you look over the past year, have played in your venue? Like it is all well and good to do a post about, oh, isn't it great? Aren't women brilliant? And I support women. Great. Okay. Then support women. You know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm, I'm really not picking out anybody in particular here. And there are, and and you know and I, I shouldn't even really have to say this, but there are endless uh, amounts of brilliant men in Ireland who I'm so grateful to be friends with and to know and to work with, who have this at the front of their minds. And this is absolutely not a slight on them uh, at all. It's a systemic issue, and all of us need to be working towards it. And that's fans, and that's artists as well. I mean, I I keep thinking about the 1975. And their policy that they announced, I think in 2018 or 2019, that they won't play a festival unless it has gender parity. And I wonder, what if Picture This said that about Irish festivals? What if Dermot Kennedy said it? What if the Arctic Monkeys said it? What if Tame Impala said it? You know, like, oh, any Irish woman saying that? Okay, say, say goodbye to your slot in the festival lineup. Irish men saying that, like big acts saying that would make such a huge difference. And I would love I would love to see more acts follow follow in the 1975's footsteps on that because they're they they were a band who who kind of learned in the public eye, you know, um and and but did something about it. So, yeah. you know, like Ho- Hosier, it. Hosier could absolutely say I do Ho- Hosier is as big of an ally as we can imagine, you know, I would love to see Hosier come out and say, I, I won't play a festival unless it has 50-50 gender parity or close to it, you know. Um, and, you know, watch watch those lineups change pretty quickly. Once, yeah. once, and this is it, once, once it? the men who are going to be bringing the money in start actually implementing this as a personal policy and as a professional policy, you will see massive, massive changes. 
Yeah, and I understand it's it's very difficult for artists to 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 have these conversations. I'm thinking about last year when you know we needed artists to put on put uh, pressure on the Irish government to you know address the Irish music live live music industry, and many artists didn't really say anything for many mm. months. And it's a similar thing. I know our artists don't want to get into a position where they're criticizing their potential employer and that is absolutely always a, a tight rope to walk so it's not really up to it's up to everybody but it is you know that is a particular different thing that i understand yeah. that's why we don't hear this enough um, oh yeah like i'm not i'm not i'm not expecting that from artists who aren't headliners no i'm just example. saying i think it's worth just saying that because i obviously yeah. understand why people don't do that mm. uh, but like you said it's a systemic issue and it's something that can be done with small incremental changes and i'm glad we didn't let this uh, week pass without at least addressing it uh in brief because you know we thought we i guess we thought we'd done a whole episode about this before but we yeah, haven't we didn't. because we've just we've just mentioned it so much mm. over the years that we just haven't actually and do you know do you know what's time. funny i, I w went back today and i listened to the episode when we were talking about um that the last time we were talking about uh, festivals which was back in 2019 and it was also the episode when we did our first reasons to be cheerful <laughs> isn't that so funny because we were we were giving out that we're always talking about really depressing stuff pre pre 2020 this was um in in music so we decided to introduce oh what babies we were little babies <laughs> <laughs> the other big topic that week was um grime saying that art is over and ai is going to take over how young we were <laughs> just to have some very pleasant conversations about yeah art and intention <laughs> yeah <laughs> well uh speaking of reasons to be cheerful will we yeah shall we let's do it okay let's do it well i mean i have i'll give you my reason to be cheerful and then you can continue mm -hmm. um my reason to be cheerful this week is i uh, bought tickets for lcd sound system in brixton in first on the first of july this year and then year. you sold them no it was one of those things <laughs> where i was just like you know, i was like oh i have the pre-sale code i'll have a look and then i bought but and then i short time later i bought the tickets and i was like yeah i'm very happy about that decision actually i'm very happy about that decision um just a small thing but i was like just a nice little thing to be able to do i was like yeah like, buy tickets for that yeah brilliant because they're doing residencies in different places around the world so they won't be doing tours now there was a big long thing that james murphy put up about the band and how they're going to operate in future and they plan to just do residencies like the new york ones mm. it's 20 years of dfa soon and i would like to maybe address that at some point on the podcast soon um but also just look lcd one of my favorite live bands and uh i want to mark the end of like what hopefully is the end of the, of two years of no gigs really by going to see them again and i think that'd be a nice thing to do so that was that's that was my reason to be cheerful Lovely. Uh, my reason to be cheerful, um, there's a few, but they all kind of form one. Um, I went to see CMAT last week. I think my reason to be cheerful was last Friday um, when I woke up, CMAT's album was number one. I just spent the whole day listening to it. I went to see CMAT uh, in the Academy. It was genuinely one of the best gigs I've ever been to. I've never, ever, Irish or otherwise, seen a crowd like that. Every single person I spoke to was sound like the the mix of people at it was unbelievable. Like it was such an incredible atmosphere. 
just everyone shouting like number one and Seema. <laughs> and then there was at w- one point her her nanny was upstairs, like sitting down on a chair at the balcony. And Seema like waved up to her and was like, my nanny's here. And then everyone just started going nanny, nanny for ages. <laughs> like this crowd was it was like, you know, like football hooliganism, but, you know, positive <laughs> like everyone was amazing and then straight after that i went to um i went to pop dungeon in wigwam which was just er- everyone who was there was at either the cmac gig or the pillow queens gig it just felt like a real good night for women like it just felt like yeah irish women are making it happen there's irish women djing right here they're playing loads of w- women like pop women yeah. from like the 2000s like we've all just come from two gigs with Irish women. People were talking about having seen Joanne McNally. Like it was just, it was just one of those nights where I was like, yeah, actually it is so good to be out and about um, having a dance and to be surrounded by so many sound, sound people. So that's my reason to be cheerful. It's nice. just that general night or was or that just that whole day. And I brought my, my friend Nadia with me to the gig and she didn't really know CMAP, but I knew she'd love her she was like oh yeah I think you played her for me before and she got there and she was like oh my god this is like she doesn't really go to many gigs so she was like oh my god I'm gonna go to loads of gigs now and I was like no you can't expect them all to be like this like, <laughs> yeah, this is this is like what seriously one of the best gigs I've ever been to um like and in terms of how I felt at the gig like I just like it was just it was so warm and lovely and oh god like nice it was great so- it was really really great well, that's great. And that's great yeah. to hear. Uh, I couldn't make it. I was DJing elsewhere. But uh, yeah, I, I saw the videos. It looked to be a, a great concert event. And I'm, it was I'm an sure excellent concert event. Delighted for it because I was at the concert. one in Whelan's. And I'm, uh, it was a bit more of a subdued affair, to be honest. Um, maybe because it was just the weirdness of restrictions and people were like... Yeah, and I think this this was her first time gigging with, a lot, with the full band as well. Yeah, and I have yeah. to say, like, they sounded... Like, she sounds album perfect you know like yeah. there was no it was it was just brilliant like like and her herself like she she came out and like you know everyone was chanting like number one number one and she was just like you bunch of dickheads are gonna make me cry <laughs> and it was so lovely you could see how visibly moved she was by it but at the same time I got the impression that she was like but also, I deserve this. And I was like, yes, yeah, that's exactly. I saw a lot of cowboy how. hats as well. Loads of cowboy hats, loads of just CMAT merch, like loads of CMAT t shirts. Oh, it was great. It was really, really great. I'll, I'll remember good. that gig for a long, long time, I think. Lovely. Well, that's great, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That's great. Right. Well, that's it from us this week, I think. Um, we'll be back next week for a chat after the, the long weekend. Mm. Um, I hope whatever you're doing for your St. Patrick's Festival weekend, whether you're going away, Staying in Dublin, heading down to Collins Barks, coming to Lumo, whatever it is you're doing, or having staying a in quiet weekend, watching or yeah, and uh, doing whatever, whatever. Yeah. I hope it is a good one for you. And uh, thanks to you, Andrea, as well. Thank you, Niall. Happy Saint Andrea's Day. Thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. Bye. bye. Talk to you next week.
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.